Hey y'all, we back with episode 102. Welcome to Millennial Love. This is your girl, yo, V Cardi. This Welcome. is Beach. Oh. oh, I didn't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we was like doing a round. Oh, that's talk. true. This is Cardi. This is Mish. And this is Justin. And welcome to episode 102 of Millennial Love. This is season three, where we discuss sex, love, and how we're selfish AF. Oh, this is where we're supposed to do our names. Is it? We messed up. Anyway, please follow us on all social media platforms at Millennial Love. That's two L's, two N's, L-O-V-3. When you are tweeting us, please hashtag ML3. And if you want to spell out our full name, make sure you spell Millennial correctly. It irks my nerves. (laughs) Anyway, I think that's all I have to say today. What's up, guys? Hey, I saw things I imagined. (laughs) I saw things, things I imagine. I saw things. Are y'all really serious right now? <laughs> I imagine. If Solandra's serious, baby, I'm all the way serious. Because she I was feel definitely like, serious. Mm, I what you feel like? I feel like people are hyping her just because of the hype. Nah, fam. Like, like you got to listen not, to it. I listened to it for the mm, first time and I said, legit, I was like... I texted a group of people and I was like, yo, Solange has made an album full of songs that are not songs. And like legit, they're not songs. But over and over as I listen to the album, like something sticks. And like whether it's Stay Flow or I Saw I Things I Imagined <laughs> or what'd you say earlier, Justin um, Dreams? Almeida and Dreams. Almeida, yeah, like it, it sticks. Yeah. Um, it's creativity. I, it's artistry. Uh, it's like it's, it's definitely high in the. I'm high. No, no it's well, not high. It could be it's, high because crane. I mean, seat at the table was a very big album. I mean, so that was like a lot of expectations. Still, but it's, I don't think it's hype. I think it's artistry. I think mm-hmm. it's. I was high. Uh, we gonna give her a little bit. Nights. No, we're gonna give her a little bit more than being high. Really. I don't know. I, I mean, so. I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> Did y'all look at the visual album? No. no. Okay. I think if you look at the... I don't watch you. I don't watch YouTube. I feel like... Well... well was it was on, it on YouTube? Planet? What was it? Yeah. What, did what they was on Black Planet? What did she do on Black Planet? No clue. Um, but <laughs> if you look at the visuals, it kind of will like give you not... Like, it'll make you feel the songs a little bit more. That's all. Does that still not mean that like one night... Because don't you like create songs before the visual? Well, from what people, from what I've seen, people tweeted like, oh, when I saw the visual, it kind of made the album make sense. Mm. Um, but I, I mean, when I first heard it, I was like, okay, because because I am like a Solange follower, um, like I follow her art. Um, I'm used to her being like different every album. 
So when I heard the album, I was like, oh, oh, it's, it reminds me of Seat at the Table. I skimmed through and I was like, okay, I'm over it because I'm just used to her switching it up. Um, but like yourself, after I played it a couple of times, and in fact, it came out Friday or March 1st, which was a Friday. And then I went to brunch on Sunday and the restaurant that I was in, it was like a very like rustic vibe. They were playing it like every other song, it was Solange and it sounded so good, like in a social setting. Um, so I just think it's one of those, you know, I feel like Solange is one of those artists where like, it's like Erica Badu. She takes you where she wants to go. Not, they don't do the same things, but like whenever Erica makes music, or, you know, I feel like when she makes music, she takes you where she want to go. Now, of course, she does make, she does do some commercial work. But for Solange, I just feel like she's one of those artists where, like, I'll let me create and you observe what I've created. I'm not trying to sound like anything. No, nah, I mean. Um, but I just yeah. feel like when you say she takes you where she wants to go, I feel like for me, it's more so of. They take you as artists where you are willing to go. Like, this might be what their goal was, but you have to be open-minded to really go there. This is why I say that it took me a few different listens. Even when Solange like announced that her album was coming out, I was like, yo, I'm trying to figure out if I'm going to stay up to listen to the album or if I'm gonna give these people a few days to like say that it's genius and it's such artistry before I really listen. It is definitely art. So I didn't listen until like, I don't know, maybe like Saturday. And I was like, nah, Shadi, this not it. But as the week has gone by, I've continued to let it sit with me. And I really feel, I really feel like, you know, wherever you're willing to let her music take you, like, even the the song uh, "Way to the Show," it's like call me on the way to the show. Even on the way to the show, that for me is like other people might think of it differently, but for me, it's like being single and like a guy calling you while he's on the way to his next move, or like when you about to do whatever is most important to you, like call me. Why you about to do whatever? So it's wherever you allow the music to take you. For sure. That's the way I feel about it. I agree. Not sure what segment this is, but... Uh, it's the streets. Oh, it is? We, we went straight streets. to the streets? I'm not feeling the album, but hey, to each his own, whatever. What else we talking about, Justin? Um, do y'all watch Love and Marriage? It's on OWN. It's a, it's a really hit. Um, reality show. I've watched a few episodes. I haven't watched all of them. Okay, Carlos like the, King the is the executive season. producer on it. Do y'all know Carlos King? I do. Yeah, yeah. He's I know his work. He's he's done some amazing. great work. So yeah, Love and Marriage is about these three couples who are um, um, they do like different things, um, but mainly their the goal of the show is that they're trying to. I guess rebuild the urban areas in Huntsville, Alabama. Oh, that's awesome. Correct. No, like so So are they contractors? 
Well, some of them are builders. Some of them does credit repair work. Some of them are realtors. Some of them are brokers. They do like a combination of things. So just pretty much follow the lives of those three people. They're all married. Um, I've done a little research on them. I think they have two AKAs, one Delta, two Qs, and a Kappa. So they're all Greeks for the most part. Um, And it's just really cool to watch successful black people be on TV. Yeah, absolutely. um, While doing, I guess, you know, it's good seeing like, Good drama, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it's not yeah. like, like, bitch, why didn't you come to my party? Like, why are you late to my party? It's really like, you know, we're trying to rebuild Huntsville. Three black couples that are investing in those black communities That's to raise so the property good. value. It's really, really great. And um, so the y'all should check it out. Yeah, the season finale was the season week. finale yeah. was last week. But I highly recommend y'all go back. It's an easy watch. I think it's maybe only like eight episodes. Um, Are they thirty minutes? No, oh, they're, they're hour. hour. Okay. But it's really good. It's good. Um, I watched the first episode initially because I wanted to see. Correct. And and not to say that I wasn't interested. I just been all over the place, so I can't watch TV a lot like that anymore. But um. I really feel like they're going to get a second season. Yeah, Absolutely. I think so too. People are ranting yeah. and raving about the it's show. It's just good yeah. reality TV to see black people doing like it's better. To me, it's a better show than some of those other um, top black reality shows. Like well, It's just showing progressive black mess. folks. They're showing progressive black folks. It's it's almost as if what Married to Medicine was before, like the super drama. The super drama, correct? Yeah. And it's just good. It's it's new people that you haven't seen before. They're from like Huntsville, Alabama. Who would think that Huntsville, Alabama, would have a hit Had reality that. show? Yeah. Oh, absolutely! So shout out to Carlos. Great job on like that. that. You know, because like these shows can go different ways. So I hope that they stick to. We'll the originality see. of it all. Yeah. What else is happening? Um, well, hopefully, um, Carlos franchise it to other cities. That would be really cool too. You know, like a love and marriage Huntsville, love and marriage Houston, Louisiana, Lafayette, Louisiana. Oh, okay. That you actually know? would okay. be kind of lit. There aren't okay. enough shows based in, in like, Louisiana outside of New Orleans. Correct. Because there are so many other Southern Louisiana cities that are better than New Orleans. Right. Right. I mean, That's New Orleans is fun, but like. It's fun, and then you go, and then it's like, okay, I'm good. Like, right. I don't have to go back to... I don't have to go back to New Orleans no more. Me either. <laughs> like, I'm good I really, it. really don't. But people love... I appreciate New Orleans. Um, I'm I from appreciate Louisiana, it, and I, I love it. Have to go back. Um, but have you heard the story with Kendall, Kylie Jenner, and Jordy? I don't know whose story Jordan. last name. Jordan. But her nickname is Jordy. That's why. Oh. Uh, okay. um, Jordan. Her, well, so Kylie and Jordan are best friends... Um, been best friends since like kids whenever Kylie was dating Will Smith's son um, when did they date? it was when a long was time like ago yeah, I was about to say I didn't know yeah. nothing about that oh, they were she, definitely oh, kids oh back when she was a, a regular human and not manufactured correct yeah um, so apparently um, he liked up for her yeah he did mm-hmm. she didn't like herself though mm-hmm. okay but who didn't like oh well yeah Kylie well, she's a billionaire now so whatever mm. <laughs> I don't really want to talk about them, but I'm only talking about them because of Jordan and the Smiths family. Anyway, so apparently Jordan was out. They went to a club, her and her friends. Um, apparently, like Hollywood and LA cultures, like you go out and then after the club, you just go to a house party, you go to a kickback. To make a long story short, she ended up at Tristan Thompson's, I think his name is Tristan Thompson, mm-hmm. um, house. And which is um, Chloe Kardashian's 
um, baby father. Baby ass- father. Baby father. I'm assuming that they're not married, correct? No, no, no. no, no. Anyways, no, so not. she it's goes back to their house and then end up leaving at 6 a.m. So apparently the people that were at the house says that they were a little touchy-feely, flirty, this, that, and the third. Word got, word got back to Kylie and Chloe, and apparently they kind of like shun Jordan. Yeah. Um, and social media was after Jordan. All this, you know, all the white, I would assume white social media was after Jordan. Yeah, How could you do this to the Kardashians? Were, we were like fully supporting her. And um, a f- Black Twitter was on her side. Correct. So maybe like a week or two after that, um, little to our surprise, Jordan is heavily integrated with Will Smith and Jada Smith's family. So Jada has a show by the name of The Red Table, and Jordan was on her show. Red Table Talk. Red Table Talk, correct. Mm-hmm. Um, and which is a show that is pretty much exclusively on Facebook, I believe, and they go live. Facebook Watch, I think it's called. Correct. So, anyways, Will, I mean, Jada Smith had um jordan on the show to pretty much explain her case and have you heard of it i mean do you have any thoughts on i it? watched it last night actually because mm-hmm. i couldn't sleep um i'm gonna say two things one i think it is completely ludicrous that people are sending jordan death threats her family can't leave the house because they are being threatened by people. I think that is, I don't care what the situation was, unless she like was a terrorist and blew up an entire city, people sending her death threats is absolutely ridiculous. It's stupid. Off the strength of a nigga that's been cheating since day one. Like, this is nothing new. So that's number one that I think is absolutely ridiculous. Number two, I don't know if I believe her. Hmm. <laughs> And let me tell you why. I think that Jordan is the type of person that's kind of reckless. And I think if you make the decision. I think Jordan is 21. Is so, she 21? Yeah, she's 21. So okay. Then let's if she's 21. Okay. Like, she's 21. It's because she's 21. She's 21. So, yes, a lot of the decisions that she made that night were dumb. Yeah. Um, I did not realize she was 21, so that actually put it in a lot of perspective. I did not realize that. So, actually, she did as a 21-year-old would have done. The decisions that she made were what a 21-year-old decision would have been made. And honestly, in her defense now that she's 21, I feel like if it were my best friend's sister's boyfriend... I would feel okay to go to his house for a party. To me, I would feel more safe to go to his house for a party than someone else because I know him. He's a friend of the family. But I definitely think that she did more than what she talked about. And because she's 21 years old, I I mean, I believe she did some stuff. And what happened was the people that were supposed to keep their mouths closed did not. And now she's in trouble. But I definitely think she did more than what she said. I for sure agree with that. Yeah. The people that were not supposed to say anything definitely ran their mouths. Side note, I don't give a finnuck what anybody does to Kim, Chloe, <laughs> Kylie, whatever their names are. I don't know all of them. I don't care what people do to them. If it is a black person and they are 
on the opposite end of the Kardashian. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like Issa Rae. I'm rooting for everybody black. Like it just, I mean, I just don't care because they do whatever they can to take over black culture. And I don't care if Jordan was wrong, right, or indifferent. Sis is one of us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling on your side on this. So I'm going to take her side. And the other thing is like Chloe. That's the one that is the baby mama of mm-hmm. the man, right? Mm-hmm. Of the man. Chloe has verbally said over and over to her sister, Courtney is the like the outlier, right? She's the older one. The oldest. That's who had the baby by Scott Disney. The white man. Mm-hmm. Chloe is the only one with a baby with a white man no, at this point. Courtney. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, that's too much. Mm-hmm. Um, Courtney is the only one with the white man, Scott Disney. That's her baby daddy. Chloe said over and over on television, I would never be with a man that like cheated on me. Like if it was the case, like that would be it. Like I cannot do myself like that. I have more respect for myself. Girl. Right. Stop. Right. So where was that same energy when he cheated on you the first time? But Scratch that. Where was that energy when he got with you and had somebody else And pregnant? left his baby mama while she was pregnant. While she was pregnant. I don't care what anybody say. People was like, oh, well, they were already broke up when him and Chloe got together. Listen, if I am any months pregnant, we're not, we not broken up. <laughs> Ain't no broke up. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't, Ain't no, no broke up, bitch. Like, we together until this baby come out and we decide and we still ain't feeling each other. Like, really? That is y'all's excuse for her, like, getting with this man? So from jump, you have put yourself in a situation with this man that wasn't A1. So you get what's coming to you. I mean, and I'm for for the Smiths. I just want to say I'm for the Smiths. Catching a hold of this story and then saying, uh-uh, not this one. Right. Like, <coughs> I I have godchildren. And if anything happened to them or my nieces and my nephews, like, if anything happened to them, I would hope that I would be in a place to be like, uh-uh, uh-uh, not this one, fam. You're not about to do it. Like, because the Kardashians have continuously done things to a lot of people. But somehow the Smiths was like, nah. This time, we're going to step in. And I applaud them for that. Regardless of how people feel like, oh, because she's rich, that's why they stepped in. Whatever. That's their niece. And that's how they feel about her. So, so I don't like... I mean, of course... I feel like there were gaps into her story. Well, it didn't feel like it I it, I felt like it was very intentional that she did not explain everything in detail. Right. And Agreed. I feel like and I feel like I'm glad that's she did her, it that way. Yeah, that's because it was like I'm not you know, you know how when you know that you didn't do anything wrong and you don't feel the need to explain yourself to no fucking body, but because of the circumstance, like I'm gonna do this for you. And I felt like that's what she did it. Like, 
I feel like sometimes, you know, loyalty is cool. Like I get I understand loyalty. I understand all I understand that. But like what if they were just like cool with each other? You know what I'm saying? Like you're not you're not really thinking about it because nothing is there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And like you know, I did question like, well, did something happen? You know, and if it did, it's probably because it is trash as nigga persistence. You know, not taking the blame away from her, but but she's twenty one though. But I even at twenty one, I mean, you know, I still had some level of conscience and morals. So for your well, friend's sister's boyfriend, that's girlfriend. What your that's what I'm saying. I thought of like I would have like sibling I, situation. Like I'm not saying that only because they were raised together. They like they literally grew up together. Like had they met as like you know college friends or whatever the case may be, but. I personally don't feel like she did anything. And if she did, it was innocent. You understand what I'm saying? It was just like a... Yeah. And even if she did do something, I would hope that the Smiths would be like, nah, we ain't about to give them all that. You state your peace. Yeah. You know, appear apologetic because I'm pretty sure, you know, she's feeling in some type of way. It's ruining her fucking friendship with her best friend. You know what I'm saying? Now that, I think, that's that's what I think would have been the driving force behind her not doing something is potentially ruining her best friendship. Because if I was, when I was 21, I would have, like, for me, friendships were so big at that point. Like, I would have never done something like that. Correct. To jeopardize a friendship. And then not Y'all, only that, it's like, look at the California. access that you have because of this relationship. You know what I'm saying? Like, but, yeah. You know, it's a lot of, a lot, of, a lot comes with being a part of, a lot comes with being a part of Kylie Jenner's life. Absolutely. Like, I mean, let's not take away from that. That's true. And once again, if she did do something as a friend, like, I would hope that Kylie would have her back. I understand that that's our sister situation. I think, but yeah, once yeah. again, Chloe, girl, like your man been cheating on you for like a long time. Damn long. And I don't know. Like, I'm just happy that she wasn't like, "Oh my gosh, like I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have done it." And well, she. I mean, she, she was said she shouldn't have gone there. That's the only thing that she said. She was basically saying like, "I shouldn't have been there." But everything else, she was like, you know, I didn't do anything. And I feel like if she did, I mean, come on, like how stupid, how stupid would she have been to just be like be doing all that in front of people? It's true. No, that, I mean, it's dumb. But once again, she's 21, she's a celebrity. Like, I just don't think that a lot of the same decision making that a normal, regular, like layperson would make. Like, I feel like a lot of the time celebrities feel like they don't have the same amount or that they don't have the same types of consequences that normal people do. Mm-hmm. And that's the only reason why I think she did something. Whether or not Kylie needs to take her back as a friend, I don't know. I mean, ugh, that's a hard one. I hope if she it was woke my, up. I if hope it was my was, sister. I hope she woke up. I'm just saying, if that Fuck was my Kylie. sister, I don't necessarily know if I could. They don't have real relationships. Well, we can't say I mean, that because they've been on each other for a no, long time. No, I don't. I don't believe so. I mean, I feel like people that have s- several siblings and they're all within a certain age length or age range, and they have grown up together and they have that type of relationship. Um, their friendships only cross certain 
bounds. You know what I'm saying? So like I don't I really don't feel like outside of their family anybody is going to touch their circle like we touch with our friends. Mm-hmm. Some of our friends become family. Mm-hmm. I don't really feel like that's the case with them. A lot of yeah. people I, I I mean I I think that for a lot of people that have siblings that are like five and six of y'all, seven, eight of y'all around the same age range Friends aren't going to touch into your circle, so fuck their relationship. And excuse my language, but who cares? Like, Kylie is going to keep going with her life, and she's going to find the next best friend, just like Kim found the next situation to make her famous. Like, she was friends with, what's your girl name? Paris Hilton. Paris Hilton, but she was Brandy's assistant. Like, their relationships outside of their family are not going to touch the same type of relationships and not going to compare to what we feel in our friendships. It's just not. Like, I have two brothers and a sister, right? But we're not in the same age range. So my friends, a lot of my friends that are in my age range become like those family members and like we become really, really close because we're in that age range where we connect on like the next levels of our lives. That's not them. Plus, they're in L.A., Hollywood. Like, I just, I mean, I really don't feel like that's the situation with them. Kylie going to find the next best friend and keep it moving. Same thing that Kim did. Chloe and Chloe, I think her best friend is like one of them twins. Malika. Malika is her name. Yeah. But she's a twin, so her real best friend is her twin sister. Like, I mean, like, nah. It's I, you know, I I don't like talking about them. I don't like talking about them at all. We can move on. But (laughs) I just, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, shout out to Jordan, sis, we got you. I honestly didn't feel like you know, I'm glad you went on, uh, what's her name? The Smiths. You said Jada. your piece just to clear up your name. You know we got you. If you did something like any other 21-year-old would do, like chunk it up to my bed and keep it moving. Keep it moving, boo. You got a bunch of life to live. I seen, <laughs> I seen a tweet somebody who said, like, now would be the perfect time to uh, start your makeup line. <laughs> Right. Because we're going to support you. Correct. <laughs> Look, I'll buy our shadow palette just to support your You're ass. You're stupid. <laughs> you are so dumb. But that's all I have. All right. So, Leash. just really quick. This is not anything super profound. I just want everybody to challenge themselves this week. Challenge yourself to have a conversation with somebody that you haven't reached the moment where you felt like it was comfortable for you to address the issues that y'all have. So have that conversation. Um, Challenge yourself in moving forward and being progressive in that relationship if you feel like it is worth salvaging. And move forward from it. That's it. Protect your energy. Protect your space. Your mental health matters. It matters. It matters. (laughs) What's next? <laughs> <laughs> I know you was right at it. was back to back. So it was back to Maybe back. Maybe we should do. No, never mind. Go ahead. So this is super random, but I was driving around Dallas and I'm like, 
people hate the highways of Dallas. They always like it's so confusing. It what really be is going though. on? Like, but it's not. Like it's literally so. If you really think about the signs that you see on the highway, it's like cut and dry. Like, the service roads ain't confusing though. Service roads are not confusing because like you're literally just driving down the highway. Yeah, but when so you, you gotta hit the exits mm-hmm. that are on the highway. When I first moved here and I had to make all them U-turns. Because you like, missed the Why? exit. No. Some of the stuff be like in between an exit and a and a U-turn. So you got to get off, do a U-turn, and then make a right. It's just too much. Aww. I'm cool with it now. I mean, I've been here before. I'm cool. But I'm saying coming from dirt roads and two-lane <laughs> highways to five and six-lane Multiple exit, multiple highways on one highway, service roads. It's a lot. I love it because you can get, a, it can be traffic and you can get off and you can detour and you can hit another highway, Shotty, and you can get to your destination and still be on time. But you can't do that everywhere. So That's I want to know, because so many people complain about Dallas and their experiences here. I just want to know, what were some of y'all's or maybe one of your most memorable moments as a teenager driving initially like actually in a car like actually in a car like what, <laughs> what is else you what is your most memorable moment driving as a teenager Te- teenager a teenager probably when i was getting ahead while driving whoa <laughs> very memorable a teenager that is an amazing experience. I'm not talking no more. Teenager. <laughs> an amazing experience. I have I not received head while driving. That seems complicated for a That's woman. That's complicated. That's you just... gotta lift. You gotta lift your pelvis up. It's too much. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you gotta have one leg up, <laughs> yeah, and you just... gotta have the other one cocked. But wide I'm sure. Open. But, the, but I... the leg that you have up gotta be your right. Gotta be your left leg, which don't make sense. Because the left leg is the one. Because if you have your right leg up, you can't drive with your left leg. Who drive with their left leg? But you the right with leg. Your hands, I'm talking about the the, uh, the pedals fully. The left oh. leg. <laughs> what you, you gonna be? What you, you ain't gonna be moving? <laughs> but the leg, the left leg would be doable. Huh? The left nah, leg up would be no, doable. No, if the left leg is up, I the drive. For, still, I I accelerate with my right leg, not my left leg. Exactly. That's why I said the left leg be up and yeah, he drive. But, but right, the person but the is the on guy your right. But he still get... can hop. He can cross over and put it's his head. It's, it's too much. It's a lot. That neck to... gonna it's too, be. It's too much. That neck gonna be dead. It's too much. It's too much. So your most memorable moment as a teenager, Justin, is getting hit while you was driving. Mm, Did you feel times. like you was gonna like you was gonna wreck? Not at all. It was like an experience that I just did not want to stop. Wow. As a teenager. You was fast, fast. I'm glad you talked about that. I had fun. Because that is related to our topic. I want to talk about my experience driving. It was my second time ever driving in a car. My we lived at the time in Fairfax, Virginia, which is a suburb of DC. And it was very busy. And basically, I was really scared of four-way stops. So, you know when you get to the four-way stop and you got to cross all the lanes to make the left all the way over? Correct. I was dumb scared. So, I was going like 10 miles per hour, 
trying to make that turn. People were honking. My mama was screaming at me. Are you serious? And I made it. But it was like the the scary... Because you feel like the cars are going to hit you that are coming toward you. Then you but feel like you're stopping. not going to hit the turn. It just was... For a non-driver, that experience was very... And the, the next bad experience was when there's a two-lane highway and the cars are like coming towards you with no like barrier in between. <laughs> I was like, I literally, even to this day, I don't like those. I just I always get to the far, the furthest lane because I don't like the car. Like, I just feel like anything could happen. They could like, t- I don't true. know. I just feel like anything could happen. But yeah, that was awful. A four way, my first time going through a four way stop, my mama screaming stop at me. Stop sign or no. stop light. Light. A four way stop light. So you literally have a light. It don't that matter. Is- it don't matter. There are cars coming toward <laughs> you that are turning. It was too much. Anyway, that was my... My mama literally to this day still hates the way I drive. Anytime she's in the car with me, she yells. And I get dumb mad. Really? Well, I mean, I think that's what moms do. My mom definitely did that when I started driving. You driving too fast. My mom did that. You going too... You too close to the right. You too close to the right. Because I was about to hit the little curb. But lady, I'm not going to hit the curb. I'm just going to scrape it. That's it. Just a little bit. <laughs> My most memorable moment, y'all, was like one night. So, like, my dad has always been a lenient parent. Um, So, there was one night we went to, I was in high school. He got my car when I was, like, a sophomore in high school, and this is my senior year. But I think it's anybody. Like, when you driving, you driving in your neighborhoods, right? Mm-hmm. Like, not a lot of teens are getting on the highway. No, they're not. No. Because why? They'd be scared, too. Yeah, like, I mean, but your people, your friends, everybody is a, in your neighborhood, so you're going to stay on the streets. Really? Growing up in the city, y'all ain't going to, like, because I, 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 I didn't live, I, well, I don't, I have, I wasn't raised in the city. You weren't. So, y'all never got on highways? So, I like, always wonder that. So, no, most of the time I it's didn't. Just like in the neighborhood. Because I was, I lived with my mom. Right. So, when I was going to parties and stuff, it was in the neighborhood where I was Jeez. going to school. But it was this one weekend where I was staying with my dad, who lived like 25 minutes from my mom. But the party was in the city where my mama was at. So, me and my friends, it was two of us. It was two friends and me, so it was three all together. We at the party, kicking it, having a good time. Um, I have to get from Irving to Dallas, Oak Cliff. And I I don't really drive the highway like that. Like only when I'm leaving my dad's house on Sunday and it's quiet. And it's and during that, the day. Yeah, it's not that many cars out. Like it's, you know, cool. This night, (laughs) my daddy was like, first of all, it was past my curfew. Mm. My curfew was 12 o'clock in my daddy's house. And it was past my curfew. It was like 12.10 when I called him. And I was like, Dad, I need to know how to get to the house. So he told me, he was like, follow 35 south, right? Mm. And you exit (laughs) this exit and blah, blah, blah. Well, that's not really how the signs look in Dallas. Uh, 35E. It says 35E mm-hmm. North. Yes. Right? Yes. But he kept saying, 35 follow 35 South. 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 
So I'm like, me and the two friends in the car, they didn't know nothing. <laughs> so we like in the car, we we driving. I'm coming from Irving. I'm on 35. I'm like, this says E. I call my daddy. Daddy, he on speakerphone. One of my friends holding it. Daddy, the sign says 35 <laughs> E South. Which way am I supposed to go? <laughs> and he's like... That's 35 South. I said, but it says E. That means E. <laughs> I'm so mad. He mad because he like, girl, you should have been at this house a long time ago. You wouldn't even have to go, go through this. Oh, my God. But like we going back and forth, back and forth. And my dad had given me a map, y'all, like a paper map. <laughs> I remember paper map. <laughs> when he got me the car, he was like, let me tell you something. I'm about to hang this phone up, and you better get that map out, <laughs> and you better figure out how to get to the house. <laughs> and when I wake up in the morning, all of y'all better be in the bed. Baby, we pulled off. <laughs> Did the map help, though? I don't know. <laughs> I just know we pulled over. We looked at that map, and we was like, it don't matter. We said a prayer. We was like, we about to get to the house. We said a prayer. Oh my God. We was like, we about to get to the house. However, y'all, I still don't know to this day how I got to the house. My daddy hung up the phone in my face. And he never had done that before or since then. Like, my daddy has not hung up the phone in my face since then. But he was done with me. He was like, I'm, I'm sick of y'all. Get to the house. <laughs> he had to be over it. So pull I out that map. Pull out. He said, Listen, I'm about to hang up this phone. And he was like, look at that map. And I don't know how we got to the house, but we made it. I don't know what time it was when we got there. We all went to sleep, and we was at the church house the next morning. But I challenge all people, like... <laughs> purchase a map. Purchase... Use your GPS. Stop <laughs> complaining about what the city you live in looks like. Like, just do it, Shawty. You can figure it out. The worst part about using your GPS, though, is when it tells you to get on an exit and your next exit is all the way on the other side of the highway. <laughs> and you just got on the interstate and folks in Dallas ain't going to let you over. No, they're all, not. They're That's not. not. Oh, it's the First of all, they won't even let you get on the interstate. They be mad <laughs> yes. when you merge Onto the interstate. That's Absolutely, me. because That's you're me. moving too slow. Exactly. <laughs> you're getting on the highway too, too slow. Too slow, yep. But <laughs> yeah. you're supposed to be at the speed of traffic. I mean, highway traffic. When you're getting on the highway. I be at the speed of highway traffic. But Are you nigga, really going yeah, 65? But the, but the nigga want to be literally <laughs> right next to me. I'm like, no, I can't get on. Somebody got to move. Somebody got to move. It's not me. If, if, especially if I'm on the highway, like, you better slow down. That's so awful. It is, so but, you know, awful. I drive all the time, so, I mean, I be with the shits. It's awful. I don't. I still be... I drive slow. <laughs> I hate people who drive slow. And you got a freaking sports car. Who drives slow in a sports is, car? And it's uh, M Sport, too. Like, it's supposed to have some get up. I be jammed. I be But I'm scared. Full speed hey, in my car. I push that Chevy it's Equinox. It's a little ridiculous. I be flooring that Chevy Equinox. Flooring it. I be scared, y'all. Mm -hmm. So when you, so this is my first time driving like a luxury, luxury mm -hmm. car. The car be getting up to 90 and all I do is like put my mm -hmm. toe on the gas that's, and I be like, look, dirt. That's, that's why you spend money. 
I'm That's like, why. Darn. It gives up to nine and probably sixty like, seconds. I mean, dumb fast. Yep. That's why I be like scared. I be looking at this, but I'm really like, darn, I'm going a hundred, and well, it don't even be. Say, be I'm like, scared. Like, I'm scared. I'm scared. <laughs> you you won't go back. Trust no, me. I'm 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 out of y'all day all day every day now. Anyway. Shout out to everybody who uh, had horrible driving experiences. If you did, tell us about them. Because I really be... my All of my driving experiences were stupid. I still can't drive that well to this day. Shout out to MapQuest. Map, you know, MapQuest was here before. MapQuest. You like, hey, look it up bomb. on MapQuest and print, print it, it out <laughs> and bring it with you. Be looking at the paper. Jeez. Shout out to MapQuest. All right, guys. So we're shifting gears today to talk a little bit about something that I heard about on the radio this week. Um, Colorado apparently is, um, put forth a bill that would prohibit the state's public schools from teaching abstinence-only sex education. Of course, it's drawn a ton of criticism from Republican Party, the Republican Party, and prominent religious groups, as well as other, um, public interest groups for abstinence-only um, it's backed by Planned Parenthood, which is no surprise, which, and it's also backed by the ACLU. And the bill basically characterizes abstinence-only sex ed as not comprehensive and is inconsistent with the requirements of the curriculum. It also mandates that sex ed classes include medically accurate information about all preventative methods to avoid unintended pregnancy and STDs, including HIV and AIDS. And it allows students to decide for themselves which preventative methods are best suited for their individual needs, beliefs, and values. So that's Colorado, which is usually a state that's always ahead of its time. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just want to talk a little bit about your experience with sex ed. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the statistics of children having sex. And I want to just talk about sex today. In a in an educational setting. Um, what was your sex ed class like? How old were you? What grade were you in? What was they talking about in there? So for me, it was probably in middle school. Um, I would say probably uh, seventh grade. Okay. Um, it was only one class, to my knowledge. Um, abstinence wasn't the focus. Oh, it was not? No. Okay. It was more so um, prevention, um, STD prevention. Um, and we had pictures, you know, I mean, they showed pictures. They talked about different symptoms um, and how you can track some of the... Um, symptoms of what? STDs? Yeah, STDs, okay. STIs, or whatever you oh, want yeah, to call it. Oh, yeah, they're STIs now. Yeah. STIs, definitely. Um, but that was pretty much it. Um, it was very, it was very like one and done. You know, like, hey, we have a speaker that comes in, but that was it. Um, yeah. That was My, nice. I had um, health class in middle school. And I remember health. Yeah. I want to say it was seventh grade. I can't really remember whether it was um, sixth or seventh, because I know it wasn't eighth. But um, what y'all talked about? We just briefly discussed anatomy and like the body, you know, and then we 
briefly talked about safe sex. Like, that was it. So abstinence wasn't a part of your curriculum? It could have been. I don't remember. Okay. In high school, though, I took pre-parenting and a sex ed class. There's a pre-parenting class? And I remember for a fact that the class was called pre-parenting. <laughs> for a fact. That was on my schedule. I have it. It's called pre-parenting. Yeah. I'm flabbergasted. Okay, that's another story for another day. So, the um, the cl- yeah. So in pre-parenting, <laughs> what's the wrong with you? pre-parenting? Pre-parenting. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> what I say earlier, I forgot. Teenager. Teenager. <laughs> Um, that's probably because I'm thinking about high school and like my pre-parenting teacher, Miss <laughs> <laughs> Thurge, shout out to Miss Thurge. She taught both of the classes, pre-parenting and then the sex ed. I don't remember what the sex ed class was called. I had to look at my schedule because I still have my schedule from senior year. But anyways, um... The first class, the first semester, was the the semester where you carried the little baby around. Oh, okay. I never took that class. Well, did I? I know pre Okay, okay. If it's the little baby, the little baby that you got to feed and stuff. Hey, little baby. In the may- <laughs> yeah, you got to feed the baby. You got to hold the baby. You got to change the baby. You got to put the baby to sleep. Like, that class. Okay, yeah. Was pre-parenting. And so, it was really supposed to, like, prepare you for, oh, you going to be a parent? Well, this is what it's like. And then the other class was actually sex education. Okay. Where she was fully talking about sex, intercourse, like literally telling you about intercourse. Like a penis is going to enter the vaginal canal. Like it wasn't a class where we was just like, oh, you're going to have sex. And this, no, like she's literally talking about the body parts that are going to. Yeah, and then we went into the STDs, and then we went into prevention, and then we went into, you know, like, abstinence. But it was a gradual, you know. Okay. Um, discussion. Topic, or, yeah. Was, uh, were condoms discussed in, like, safe sexual, safe sex methods in addition to abstinence? Yeah. Okay. In both, in okay. both of the classes. Yeah, I think mine were the same. I had a middle school kind of like introduction to sex class that was basically like, hey, these are what your body parts look like. Like, this is what a penis... Because I had never... I probably did not see an actual penis in real life until maybe like right before I lost my virginity. Like, I just hadn't seen... I mean, I, I just didn't even know what a penis like in real life looked like. So they showed like pictures of this is what a penis looks like. This is they show pictures. Yeah, yeah. Like I probably didn't see what a penis looked like until the night that I really. Yeah, they never showed that, but she fully showed a baby coming out of the vag. But they didn't show a penis. No, that seems a bit uh, sexist. Low key. 
Um, but yeah, so they show pictures of penises and vaginas. Um, they're, the penises are always small, which is stupid, but they always do that. They always show you the small little dumb penis. And so they showed us that. They also showed us um, diseased penises and vaginas. And like, this is what happens when you have sex without a condom. <laughs> yes. um, you get a disease. And it's like, no, you don't. But anyway, uh, I mean, not all the time. Anyway, um, so they did that. And then they told us about... They told us about condoms, but they really emphasized the fact that the only way to be absolutely sure that you will not get pregnant and will not get a disease is abstinence. And they like kind of kept like coming back to that as like an aside. Um, the conclusion was, yeah, 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 you can use all that stuff, but for real, you need to be abstinent. Like that's kind of how it was. What? Was that the curriculum or do you feel like that was your teacher? I don't know. I don't know. Because I know for a fact that that was Miss Sturch. Miss Sturch was, I mean, she was adamant about telling us, I believe you should be abstinent. And like, she, when I, I mean, I say her name because this was a woman that was teaching at a school that was predominantly white, but maybe about 45% black. Oh, okay. So it was some. Okay, and we was a good. We was in there, um, but she lived in Capel. Oh, so she real white. Yeah, and she made it clear like this is what I think. Like this is what happens in my home. Like I go to this church. Like she always made that clear. She probably still teaching. She's uh, she's still with the district, but she's not teaching. Uh, I reached out to her when I first moved back. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so then when I got to high school, it was the same sort of thing. We did a health class. I learned about like the technical terms for all of the body parts, what happens when you have sex, what happens to your body when you get pregnant, like all of that sort of thing. So I did go through that. But in that class, it was less about how you should have sex and more about like, this is what happens if you have sex. So it was mm. less about focusing on prevention of sex versus like, this is the effects basically. Um, but abstinence was beat into my head though in middle school for sure. Mm -hmm. And I thought for a long time that if you ever had sex, you got pregnant. That was it. Yeah. Like I, I thought like the first time that the penis would enter, I would get pregnant. I mean, I didn't think that once I became a teenager, but definitely mm -hmm. in middle school. I mean, I hadn't seen a bean. I didn't know what, it, I mean, I just didn't know. So anyway, I thought that was interesting because I feel like, especially growing up in the South, like a lot, a lot of teachers feel the need to insert their personal beliefs about sex into sex ed. That's interesting. Y'all haven't seen like a male's private part until, well, y'all had sex. I think I had seen my, okay. I seen babies because I, Baby. I changed a lot of diapers. Mm. But not an adult one. I had, Not even a developed one, like a middle school penis. Gotcha. Yeah, I used to take baths with my brother when we were in elementary school. But once we hit middle school and like I started puberty, like we didn't do that anymore. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. So I never saw a peen. I mean, there would, to be honest, there would be no reason for me to see a peen outside of school, which sounds crazy. That's but thing. anyway, um, how many of y'all? How many? How much percent? I can't even say what I want to say. How many percent? <laughs> what what percentage? percentage? What is the percent? 
What percentage of elementary school age kids do y'all believe are having sex? Right now? Right now. 45%. I would come in at a strong 65%. Durr, 65? I didn't believe this. Okay, so... Because sex can be, to me, like... No, I mean intercourse. Oh, okay. Well... What percentage of elementary school-aged kids, which, mean, which means between the ages of... Kindergarten is five. So between the ages of five... And 11. And 11, what percentage of kids do y'all believe are having sex? I 45%. Would, yeah, I would say between 35 and 45%. 40% yeah. of elementary school kids are having sex. Ten percent of them have had four or more sexual partners. That's insane to me. Elementary school kids, bruh. And among young people aged thirteen to twenty-four who are diagnosed with HIV in twenty sixteen, eighty-one percent of them were gay and bisexual men. Mm. Young people aged 13 to 24 accounted for estimated 21% of all new HIV diagnoses. So I think that that's interesting. Do y'all think that the number of elementary school kids having sex is more or less than it was when we were growing up? Definitely more. Why do you think Um, that? Because I just think that the world is open now. Like with the, you know, with internet, like a lot of things are normalized. Um... Just within TV, um, people are like just really connected. So even when, let's say, in your small town back in the day when there was no internet, you didn't have anyone to relate to, but you can relate to someone who's across the country, you know, who's also a female, but is a little bit more active. Yeah. You know, so you just, it's easy for you to gravitate to different types of personalities or find yourself in different people across the world. So for that, I just feel that, you know, the world is a little bit more open to um to kids. Yeah. Um and they find their ways. You know what I'm saying? Like you can you can protect all you want, you know, have so many different blocks and stuff on their phones, but I just feel that because of that, you know, there are certain things that were not normalized for us um that are for these kids nowadays. That are normalized for these I kids. I think nowadays. that's fair. And I think I think what's also fair to say is that we grew up in a time where we didn't have, a, like, there was less, there was more to do that had nothing to do with, like, the internet and, like, being on your iPad, watching TV. Like, we used to, like, go outside and play. And to me, like, yeah, you would do, like, little fresh stuff, like, oh, you know, I like him or whatever, I'm going to kiss him or whatever, but... Like, in my mind, I feel like because we didn't have a lot of free boredom time, like, I was always doing something. There wasn't really time for me to just be like, ooh, I'm going to go have sex. I don't know. Like, that's kind of how I feel about it. It just feels like our time was filled up with things that actually had substance versus, like, being filled with, like, watching YouTube all day. And, like, I don't know. Maybe that's... For sure. And uh, we didn't have the access either like we legit had to plug in the cord to <laughs> right a line <laughs> and somebody in your house was probably telling you to get off the internet so they could use the phone you know what i'm saying like we didn't have the access that these kids have so like they are 
exposed to so much more outside of like it could be a kid that is active in everything right but they have their phone they got their ipad they have their macbook or dell i mean i think people still use those Barely. Um, <laughs> so it's like they have the access to get on the internet whereas like i can remember justin saying a couple different times like he had a hbo box you know what I'm saying? Like we yeah. didn't like we didn't have the access to where people can just type in www dot what is it? Pornhub. Pornhub. That's just at their fingertips. Yeah. They could be in the car with their parents. That's true. And type that. And had their their AirPods. Their AirPods in and like their parents are not looking at their phone while they're in the back seats. Yeah. It's the exposure that I think separates now in 16 17 years ago yeah yeah i yeah do you think that kids are just a little bit more fast than they were back in the day i think i was just as fast i mean i wasn't i was actually afraid of seeing a penis but i was i think just as fast as far as like curiosity and like liking boys like for sure i don't i don't think that they are more fast than or more mannish because that's what they call the boys when they be you know on the scene i guess you could say i don't think that they're more of anything i just think that they have more access so they can get to it faster like little boys you know they was probably Using a sock and a lotion at, you know, like 12 and 13. But now they out there like nine, eight and nine, shawty. Like, because they got a phone of their own to look at this type of stuff. I have never used a sock and a lotion, by the way. I don't know who does. That's what just, that I thought what that, that they always, I that's what off. I've heard that yeah. people use. Wait, you put this, you put the lotion in the sock and then put the sock on the pin? I don't, I don't know, know, but if you watch like the white people, if you watch their uh, <laughs> like comedy, their mm-hmm. sitcoms. No, y'all don't watch this. I guess it's also okay. good for cleaning up too. <laughs> also, I think it's also good for cleaning up too because it's not going anywhere. It's like going in the sock. So you just like whenever you're done, you just. Slide Throw the thing sock on up. Yeah. But they use lotion as like their lube. I know in that the for sock? sure. I don't know what they're doing with the sock. That's I just have always heard jokes of little boys oh, in socks. Oh, oh, okay. I'll try it and let y'all know. <laughs> Thank I'm you. gonna try it this week. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> um, do I do I feel that there are more than or we are less? I don't know. I feel I think it's still the same. Like yeah. I feel like if anything the things that they do attract more sexual experiences because of like the way, you know, like, I mean, just me looking at my little cousins and even like the kids on TV. Yeah. Like, I mean, I remember my cousin having like my little cousin having baby fat. And then next thing you know, she's like, all. You know Kim K style. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, wait. They do be fast. It's like quick. It? Yeah. So and then you it's know, in the food. and then like you know, makeup is really big. Like lashes, yes, hair extensions. Hair, yeah. So they're it's clothes. like they're you know, and I, my little cousin, she's in high school right now. She's a junior, 
And when I tell you her and her friends look like they some grown fucking women. Right. And I just feel like that, that, you know, not saying that they are. I just feel that just the things that they do may bring, it may attract. And that's this is for guys and girls because the guys are naked, you know, on, on social media. Um, so I just feel like the things that, you know, not even them asking for it. I just feel like the things that they do will attract more like sexual experiences because yeah. of that, you know, because of social media, of yeah. course. Okay. But, um, I can say because of the exposure with social media, I feel like these kids know how to, I feel like they have, they, I mean, because they were like raised, not raised, but like they were, you know, we had, we, we experienced life before social media and during. Right. So I just feel, I feel like where we probably would have been weak, I feel like they are strong. Like they're not easily pressed by, I would say they may not be easily pressed by like social media interaction. Like You mean pressed or impressed? Well, they wouldn't be. Yeah, I guess they wouldn't be impressed by, or even pressed by, like social media engagement. It's like it's like nothing to them. You know what I'm saying? I think that I think it's the opposite. I was just about to say I think it's the opposite too. And the only reason why is because that's all they know. So they feel like they have to like subscribe to it and like be like this persona. For us, I think. We have a better sense of, and, and we still get sucked into it, but we have a better sense of this really ain't real type well, thing. Well, I, I, I guess I should add, like, in the essence of being, like, influenced. I think they're more influenced than we are by social really? media. I think so. Oh, I think we are. We're definitely, Millennials we definitely are. are more influenced than generation, what are they, YZ? I guess because the only somebody. kids I do follow are my, little, are my little cousins, and they only be having, like, four pictures. <laughs> like on their whole profile, it'd be like either right. So no let me pictures. tell you why they have four pictures because okay, so they have a it's, fake page. <laughs> well, no, it's no, because it's because they have taken pictures and they have perfected whatever pictures that they have put out. Exactly, and I guarantee you, they had more pictures than that initially, but they started to delete them. Same with my little brother. Like my little brother is fourteen. Mm-hmm. I'll look at his page one month, and I go back the next month, and he's deleted all of them. Damn hella there. pictures, yeah. and I'm like, "Why are you deleting these pictures?" And he's like, "Fam, what you talking about? I'm asking you, <laughs> why did you delete Fam, the pictures? What you talking about? <laughs> yeah, and it's because they have to put on this facade, like, really? yes. Does he go live? No. Uh, nah, I don't think he go live. So I, don't, what I'm, I guess what I'm saying is I don't see much activity from them. It's like either, you know, like with us, we... Because they got to put on the perfection. Like they have they have perfected the perfection. Does that make sense? Mm. That's true. Like they have literally learned what it takes to gain however many followers they need, whatever image they want to put out. And like, yo, these are the only pictures that make it. Got you. You see, I thought it was just like, I mean, I'm not, I mean, I'm here, but I'm not I'm here. I'm not pressed. Got you. But that's the thing that they, that they is the. They want you to think they want you to think pressed. that. I'm not pressed. But they hella pressed. They that's super true. pressed. I can, I can get it. Okay. 
That makes a ton of sense. All right, so how do you feel that your sex education influenced or um, affected your sexual curiosity slash exploration when you were younger? I just think, did it at all. Well, I don't think. I know for sure that it made me not want to become a parent before I was married and or be a single parent mm. ever. Mm-hmm. I, um, like I said, took the pre-parenting class and you either took the baby, the little fake baby that they give you and that cries and does all that, you got to change it, whatever. Or you had to watch a baby for 24 hours. A real baby? A real baby. Whose baby? In your family or friends oh, or somebody. Oh, I thought they just <laughs> I thought it just said, excuse me, ma'am or sir. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if it did In your family excuse for me, 24 ma'am. hours or friends, whatever, for 20, 24 hours. And a family member or friend had to take pictures of you and that child throughout the They just do too um, much, man. Process of those 24 hours. And because I was in the band, I, I opted out not... I opted out of taking the fake baby because I got the key. Like you know, that's how do you? That's how you got those little fake babies to stop crying. Was you put the little key? The key was connected to your arm. Like you go to a party and they put the little wristband on you. That is what was connected to you and the fake baby. That's how you got the fake baby to stop crying. Like that's how you fed it. If you need to change the diaper, you put the key in there. Like you was really changing the diaper. I couldn't do that because I'm in a band. So you're not about to F up my grade point average because I'm on the field and this baby is in the stands with somebody else crying and I can't get to it. So I opted to watch a baby for 24 hours. What baby was it? It was my brother's baby. My niece at the time. Right. My niece at the time was seven months old. Okay. That was the perfect time. Yes. I washed my knees for 24 hours, and my mama made sure that it was 24 man, hours. I wasn't washing that baby for 24 hours, And man. she took pictures of me and my niece oh. all day. And back then, we didn't have digital cameras. Yeah, right. She was taking pictures of camera. the Kodak. Yes. Yes. But she made sure I washed that baby. And when I tell you that little girl wore me out, my niece is now 15 years old. That baby wore me out. I couldn't take it. That was it. Like that was all the birth control I needed. Like Hello. this is and that's what I learned. I mean, I learned definitely sex education like this is what it looks like when you have herpes. This is what it looks like when you have syphilis. Why do they always this show you these old? <laughs> this is what it looks like when the baby right. comes out and stretches <laughs> your vagina canal out. Like I saw all of that, but the mental stress I was in with that baby. That was it. That's all I needed. So that's what I learned. Um, It just made me scared. You know, more than anything, like any type of sexual engagement, I, I you know, you know, I would think that I got something. Same. And it's just like, why? Why would I mean? I, it's like, you know, when we think it, like when I think in retrospect, it's just like really having a whole class on pre-parenting. Like y'all couldn't utilize them kids in a better way. You know what I'm saying? Like money managing, finances, budgeting, this, that, and the third. Which I, I those electives are cool. 
But it's just like, come on, can you utilize us in a different way? But even more so with sex education, I like when there's a balance. Like, Mm -hmm. if you want to talk about the disgusting things about sex, let's talk about why, like, why we are attracted to, like, our mates. You understand what I'm saying? Like, why does this sexual desire... Or even when you have sex, like, why does it feel so good? You understand what I'm saying? Because they're not going to talk about that. I mean, I don't want you to tell me, oh, my gosh, like, orgasms are the best things in the world. But at least least let's bring in the other animals on Earth. Like, there are a lot of animals that cohabitate. And, like, you know, the purpose is to procreate. Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Like, I feel like if they come from that angle, then, you know, it's not like we're just being led by these these um, non-tangible desires. Because mm-hmm. I remember in middle school, every day after lunch, my dang lang was on hard for hours. I was about to say my dick. I was. I love the term ding I love it but too. go ahead. But you, if you have a kid, start off with Petey Weedy. Petey And then say dang lang You think that. every... 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 Every day... After lunch was rock solid. And I had, I remember my seventh grade, I had math. And you know, they used to make you go up to the, like, to the chalkboard to, like, do the math equations. Oh, that Peter. It was like, why would you call me right now? (laughs) She ain't looking at your dick. But I'm just saying, like, if a nigga walk up, you'll see it. So. Oh, that's sweet, baby. Anyways, I'm saying all that to say, I actually do feel that sexual education courses should be, um, um, not co-ed, co-ed. Oh, they should. Okay, so I think it should separate. be like separated, same sex, and talk about it all. But I feel like it should, you know, you know, obviously from a male perspective or a female perspective, depending on who the audience is. But just so the questions could be asked, because if if it's co-ed, it's just like kind of weird to ask questions. The guys won't. That's act. true. That's true. So if you taught your own sex sex ed course, you would separate it by gender. I, I would start What about there. a transgendered person? That's a good question. So maybe that would be a bad idea. Whatever they, whatever whatever they, they identify. Choose. Yeah. Whatever they identify with, for sure. Okay. Okay. Um, but I'm all about the good, the middle, and the bad. Like, give me, give me all of it. And you need to make it real for me. That's how, that's, that's how I am. Like, you know. Ain't that a song? Is it? Dress it up and make it, it real, real for me. me. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That. Shout out to Future. I agree with you, Justin. I think one of the things that I missed in my sexual education, which was partially, let me just say this also, I grew up in the church house. So (laughs) part of my sexual education was my grandmother telling me that if I ever was touched by a boy, I was going to get pregnant and that as soon as you have sex, you're going to hell. So that's a part of my sex education also, but I think a part of the sex education process that I missed is really talking about like what sex represents and why you should keep your virginity. Because I think that it's always don't have sex, but there's no explanation outside of you'll get pregnant. And to some people, that's not scary. To me, what would be quote unquote scary is knowing, okay, when you have sex before you get married, you are pretty much taking away the opportunity for your future husband or wife to share that particular moment with you. And I think that that's something like 
I may not be able to teach that in classes, but if I was a sex ed teacher, I would discuss the reasoning and the emotional like intelligence behind why but, you should remain if you want to. If but you yeah, because that to. may not be like I'm saying that may not be saying? important to somebody. That's what I'm saying. Just like just like getting pregnant, the fear of getting pregnant may not be a fear for somebody. They may be like, oh, okay, my grandma gonna keep my baby and I'm gonna keep having sex. Like, but I definitely want I think that would have um for me as a kid mm. swayed me to say you know what you're right like i shouldn't have sex not only because having sex for the first few times hurts like crap which nobody really tells you that's something i would tell kids they don't talk they didn't talk about that no they don't talk about how it hurts hell no they don't tell you that it sound like feel like somebody is literally ripping you open because that's what's happening <laughs> y'all go through so much bro so listen <laughs> They don't talk about that. No, they don't talk about that. Don't nobody ever say nothing about that. I actually like how my mom did it. She was like, whenever that time come. It's a real moment. Whenever it comes. Well, yeah. And I think, I think to, I think explaining all sides of the story and explaining to your children and and me speaking to my kids, like I'm going to be really open and honest with them and say, hey, you're going to make whatever decision you're going to make. However, these are the options. And these are the reasons behind these options. Instead of just telling people, don't do this. Because as soon as you do that, the kid's going to be like, but why though? And then as soon as they say why, they're going to go suck dick. And then it's just over. So I have a question. (laughs) I have a question. So I'm assuming that um, you did not lose your virginity. Um, You you lost your virginity before you got married, correct? Yeah, I did. Okay. Um, And the same for you, Mish? Well... (laughs) Um, I am <laughs> one day. So I guess Today would that be? I guess would yeah. that be good at like you know what I'm saying? Like I think so. So here's the thing. I had this conversation with somebody one night, and my brother's daughter once again is very important to me. Let me not say it like that. All of my nieces and nephews are super important to me. But I'm very close with my brother and his daughter because I was there when she was born. And, like, I've experienced a lot with her. You watched her for 24 hours. I watched that baby for 24 hours. (laughs) Um, And I was talking to this guy and I was telling them, I'm going to have this conversation with her. And I'm going to tell her the truth about the way it feels the psychological connection, the day after, the remorse, the... The whole bag. Please include the whole bag in the the discussion. I mean, like, all of it. Please. I want her to understand. He was like, this guy was like, you shouldn't do somebody like that. Like, you shouldn't tell them what your experience was. Hey, listen, it's all the same. I guarantee all of my friends, all of the women that I have talked to that have made that decision before they got married, we all have the same experience. Yeah. I am not, see, what I think where my people went wrong was it was just like, don't do it type of thing, but didn't give me the reason why. Exactly. That's what I'm and saying. And so mm-hmm. what I keep hearing from all these other people that then went and did whatever they had to do is and what they like about it. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, it was little girls that was like, oh, it was so, you know, and we do. And they lying because sex ain't lying. even good like that when it's you not. first start doing it. It's terrible. <laughs> from a women's Speak for your own self. From a woman's from a perspective, woman's per- exactly. sex actually ain't good. It's not. And, you know, you had these, these females that are, like, feeding that to you and other women in your life. Yeah, they're telling you not to do it, which is. To me, I think that that is good advice. Don't do it. Mm. However, you have to give a young person in that predicament that is curious about what it feels like, about what the experience is going to be. You have to give them a reason why not Mm -hmm. to do it. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, a lot of people told us don't do drugs, and you told me why. Like, you told me I could get addicted to um, whatever drug by one hit of whatever, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You told me that I could die from it because it could hit my brain and it could do whatever and then blah, blah, blah. And you told me that, you know, this person does drugs and they ended up like this. You told me all of those things, but you didn't tell me why sex was a don't do. So I'm, I had that conversation. I'm like, I'm going to tell her. I'm going to tell her what it's like. The first time, I'm going to tell her what the psychological effect is and blah, blah, blah. And they were like, don't do it. But I think that that is important. So if I had a sex ed class, those are the things that I would be teaching. Mm -hmm. Is like the psychological effect, the day after remorse, the... um, Of course, still, you know, like the cause and effect of having unprotected sex and like the different diseases and what that looks like and the long-term effects because a lot of people think oh i don't have syphilis i don't have herpes i don't have what's another disease that can't be cured chlamydia no that can't oh be, that can't be can't hiv be. hiv i don't have these that can't be cured but you can have chlamydia and that can be that can have a long-term effect on women and your uterus and a lot of People don't realize that. Or HPV. HPV. Like, I would have those conversations because that isn't what they're teaching. Right now, what they're teaching is, you know, they are teaching. I will say this, that I talked to my friend's husband who is a health teacher in middle school. And he told me they are teaching, like, it's worth the wait. Mm -hmm. So they have the conversation about it's worth the wait. But what he also said is that it's past when they start teaching that. Because they teach that in 7th and 8th grade. They're not teaching that in 6th grade. They're not teaching it in 5th. They're not teaching it in 4th. And what you just said, right, was that 40% of elementary school kids are already having sex. Mm -hmm. So it should be taught way before. And these parents have to, like, sign consents for them in middle school to have this sex education. They have all these different courses. But in high school, it's not... A requirement in high school, and they having the most sex in high school. Correct. In high school, it is an elective. Health is an elective. They don't have sex ed classes anymore. So, like the classes I was telling y'all, I took the pre-parenting and all of that. They don't have that. It's just health, and that's an elective that you choose. You can take gym. You can take poetry. You can take whatever else. You don't have to take health. So in high school, they're not getting it. They're being reactive versus proactive. Mm-hmm. They're providing females with schools to go to for 
um, baby delivery and postpartum. That's a school in the Metroplex. Like, if you're pregnant or have had a baby, you can go to this school. And they're providing, yeah, they have a whole school for those that have been, that are pregnant. But, and then they're also providing, like, social workers and therapists for kids that are pregnant, both the father and the mother, to assist them in the process of being a parent in high school. So it's very reactive. It's not proactive. But if I had classes, it would be a safe space where we can have open conversation about everything. Have you already did it? Okay, cool. Talk about it. Tell the rest of them that haven't done it what it was really like. Because they're not doing that. Mm-mm. And I think it's also because... I. I don't believe kids can really, and maybe I'm not giving them enough credit, but I don't think they can really have those conversations and not let them leave the room. And not what? Let them leave the room. Like, let the conversations leave the room. I feel like what's mm. going to happen is That's true. Susie going to say, yeah, girl, I done had sex and it was trash. And then they going to go out and be like, she said, Harold's dick was trash. And then it's going gonna, it's gonna to turn into that's this funny, thing, Harold. Harold. I just, I don't know. That's the first thing that came to my mind. But yeah, like that, I think. But I do agree with you. I definitely think having an open and honest dialogue, but that's something you have to foster. Exactly. You know, amongst kids and stuff like that. And kids are cruel. They kids really are. Kids are absolutely cruel, but these kids in high school are experiencing way more. Like, Cardi is cool and whatever, and her and Bruno, but... They listening to that Please, Please Me song, thing, and they out here really smashing to Please Me. You know what I'm saying? And, like, somebody made a baby to that already, and they in the 10th grade and don't know the first thing about changing a diaper, let alone being somebody's parent. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, y'all know I love the kids, and I'm super passionate about that. So I can talk about that all day. Yeah, I thought this was a great discussion. I think what's what's most important is that parents and future parents, I think, understand the gravity of discussing sex, understanding the importance of discussing not only abstinence and safe sex, but also the reasons behind having or not having sex, why you, you know, what your experiences are and being completely open and honest with your kids. And I think that, you know, as an as a future parent, I think that that is what will be the driving force behind my discussions with my kids is, Absolutely. hey, this is what I did. I'm not saying you need to follow in this footsteps, but this is what I did and, and what I wish I would have done. And these are the reasons behind those decisions. Exactly. Um, and, and making sure that kids, just know what the deal is very early on. So, anyway, um, shout out to all the parents though, because y'all, bruh. It's, but there are a lot of millennial parents here. now. Y'all out here. That are about to have kids. And I mean, there are a lot of millennial parents right now that have kids in elementary school. Oh, yeah. My, my goddaughter is five, about to be six. Yeah. So, I mean, I have friends whose kids are 11 and 12. Whoa. Yeah. Like they had their kids at 19, 20. So, yeah, begin some, to think about, some, yeah, you know, like it with if with the statistic you said earlier, that's alarming. 
That's a lot of folks. Just have have the discussion as early as you, as early as as your child can handle that based on their maturity. And mm-hmm. you know, I, I I agree. I agree with that. I also feel like it should be stages. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, it should not be just focused. one conversation. It should be like a continuing conversation probably starting out at sixth grade or a little bit early like it's okay to wait middle school can be like i don't know what however you create it i just feel like i would want i would like several stages because once again you want to foster or you want to cultivate that space so your child can be open with you and sometimes it's it's just really awkward it's the awkward time but those um, stages are important I would definitely do like just multiple conversations at different times um, because you don't want your child learning all this stuff on the street. You know what right. I'm saying? I wanted like, to learn it from me. Right. Like they know like who they are. I mean, you know, I guess how you raise them, you, you know, you are a part of their character development. So, you know, I don't know like why a, a parent wouldn't want to have like a full it's uncomfortable for the people. Yeah, it's hard, but I mean, look at it like that. You know, you are called, I mean, you're raising that child. I don't know, but for me, I think I would definitely do multiple um, multiple that, conversations for yeah, sure. It's, it's important to have multiple conversations. I'm going to stop after this, but I want to say that, especially with your female child, because a lot of us didn't realize that that cycle was what was driving getting you to the next stage in sexual intercourse. What do you mean? What do you mean? Like your cycle was when you could become a mother. Oh, oh, having your cycle. Okay, okay, okay. Meant that you can now become pregnant, and a lot of us didn't understand that. Like there was a conversation about sex. And there was a conversation about having a cycle, but the two never coincided because parents were uncomfortable with having those conversations. Mm-hmm. But it's important for these little girls to know that once you have this cycle, baby girl, you have entered into a womanhood level that you don't exit until God says it's time for like, this is it for you. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And so I, I really want to say that for those of you that have daughters, even males, but those of you that have daughters, really explain that to them. Be upfront and honest and, and really explore the body with your child versus waiting on your schools. Because we've been talking about schools having these conversations, but it starts at the house. It all starts at the it definitely house. does it and definitely does with that because that's true <laughs> <laughs> um if you i feel like a preacher if you like anything we said <laughs> no but for real though if you have any comments questions concerns you want to tell us we're stupid and we'll know what we're talking about you want to tell us we ain't parents so we shouldn't be talking about parenting <laughs> uh please hit us up on twitter at Millennial Love, hashtag MO3, or you can shoot us an email to tell us how much you love and or hate and or don't give a darn about what we said at uh, info at millennial love.com and we would love to hear from you.
Justin. All right. So I have a bit of a suggestion before we enter the millennial moment. Um, I think we should give our millennial moment uh, people celebrities' names. Okay. So we celebrities', celebrities names. We're going to go from the old, fakes, old folks to celebrities. Okay. I have certain celebrities that we can never use. Oh. How about we choose one Beyonce. for each? No, Beyonce, Michael Jackson, Prince, Whitney can never be used. They're untouched. I can do that. Where does that even come from? <laughs> because those are like higher heights of celebrities. You call somebody Beyonce, they're going to be like, oh, Johnny, I'm Beyonce. Oh, you'd be like, oh, okay, okay, okay. I see what you're saying. <laughs> all right, all right. All right. Well, this week's millennial moment is from Alicia Keys. <laughs> so she ain't got no makeup on. <laughs> and now, granted, and she these... somebody <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> All right, yo. And this is clearly just a name. This has nothing to do with you, sweetheart. All right, so it says, "Hey, y'all, Happy New Year." Mind y'all, we're reading old millennial moments because we just came back, so we want to make sure that everyone gets an opportunity to be on the show. So it says, hey, y'all, happy new year. I'm so glad 2019 is here because I realized two years ago that I was mentally ready to move again. So I gave myself a deadline of December 2019. At the very latest, did we already read this one? Okay. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> at the very latest. So here we are in the actual calendar year of this big goal of mine. Do you have any suggestions as to what I need to start taking into consideration in addition to the savings plan I already created for the relocation. By the way, I've done a major relocation before, but that was straight out of college. So I don't want to go completely off of that experience since I was totally broke back then and in a different headspace. Best wishes, Alicia Keys, sent from iPhone. <laughs> my phone all right guys any suggestions as to <clears throat> what she needs to start taking into consideration in addition to the savings plan she already created the type of lifestyle she wants so depending on where you end up the cost of living may be higher or lower than where you are currently so determining hey if i want to move from Huntsville, Alabama to Los Angeles, I need to make sure I save more money. And I also, if I want to stay in the same amount of bills that I have currently, I need to make sure that I downgrade my apartment complexes to stay in the hood. Um, also, I think another consideration is really just to visit, which isn't really a consideration, but visit that city to see if you even like are feeling the vibes. Because I think that for me, I moved to Dallas because I really enjoyed the city. Even though I had no money and I was broke as a joke, I just enjoyed the city. And I think that's super important, especially when you're making a huge decision such as a move like that. That's my two cents. Um, I would probably recommend that you definitely do all that. I would even like check flights between like that city and your mama's house. Mm. Just to give you an idea of what those flights look out like, look like. Um, but I would definitely, I like what Cara said. Like, you know, consider the next five years of your life, or consider the next six years of your life, and like just just envision what that perfect, like what those perfect days would look like, 
and I guess you know pick a sitting according to that, or choose a city where like one of your favorite people lives in. That's a good one because I think people also makes it. I lived in Atlanta for five years, and to be quite honest, I mean, no offense to my Atlanta crew, there's not just like you know somebody that I can think of in my head outside of the friends that I've already made since college that I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to go back to Atlanta and visit them. I just didn't meet a lot of, and no offense to the Atlanta folks, my experience, I just didn't meet a lot of like quality people while I was there. So you can choose a city and think that it's going to give you what you need. But, um, you know, I would also once again recommend that you find a city where like, you know, a person that you get good vibes from or, you know, they inspire you. Um, And lastly, you can also (laughs) uh, pick a city according to like, you know, your favorite evangelists like Jake's, Creflo Creflo Dollar, Joyce Joyce Myers, Gene, is it Gene Gray? That gray guy. Sarah Jakes. Sarah Jakes. Trey Roberts. Exactly. All of them. Um, If you are a spiritual person like that. I've never made a decision like that, but lately I've been thinking like, would you... Because you always hear it in yeah. church, you know, I pack up and I follow pastor or something like that. Pastor. Um, but yeah, I would definitely take that into consideration. I agree with Justin. I, Justin. <laughs> That's fine. What's happening today? It's okay. You know, I think you're drunk. <laughs> nah. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm a I'm little joking. tipsy, but... I think that's really the way I talk. (laughs) (laughs) A teenager. (laughs) Um, No, but for real, I agree with Jay. Um, That was going to be what I said. Like, make sure it's a place where you have already curated some amazing relationships. Because even though uh, Dallas is where I grew up, well, you know whatever the suburbs this is where i grew up it is these aren't the people the people i grew up with aren't the people that i hang out with on a day-to-day basis or like really kick it with so i think it's important to also consider wherever you're going the relationships that you have in that place um or that you can discover because like justin said there's there's two people in Atlanta that I can say, hey, when I go back there, I got to see these people. These my folks, like, you know, from top to bottom, this is who I got. But I lived there for five years. So to say that there are two people, that speaks volumes. So don't just move to a place because it looks good. Like, aesthetically, it feels like, oh, this is where everybody's at. Um Choose a place that you're really going to be comfortable and, you know, you have relationships that are going to sustain while you're there and really carry you. Um, that's all I got. Yeah. It's really about the relationships for me. That's key because moving to a city and being hella lonely is depressing and not yeah. knowing Very anybody depressing. is so depressing. Like it gets like, really sad. Yeah. The meetup app. Just won't be able to like, <laughs> you know, they yeah. have to meet up. And well, it also takes a while to get to that point. Correct, like, correct. You know, so having a built-in friend circle, at least one person who can then 
invites you to other, other stuff. Things. Yeah. Because yeah. that's what I had. I had one person. And then that person, it, you know, helped me branch out. But yeah. yeah. Not Shut to say up. that the people in Atlanta, a lot of the people that I knew in Atlanta, they now live in Dallas. So that's another. <laughs> yeah. You know. I guess have fun with it. Like, really see where you want your life to be in the next five years, honestly. Like, don't go into a city where you know you'll get set back about two, three, four, five years. Like, chill on it. Like, use that, use this time. And she could very well be in her new city as we speak. Right. Because that was five months ago. <laughs> right. Um, but Shout just use, utilize this opportunity to, like, really, like, dig deep. I would honestly say pray about it. Like, definitely pray about it. Don't move until you got at least, I would say, 10 racks, but that's just me. Um, in the bag, because you, you know, you just never know. Like, like chill 10K? On. Yeah. Hell yeah. But I, we don't know how old I, she is. I am but also, at this age, I didn't have 10K when I moved. I'm not saying you that you don't have to have it. You don't, like, <laughs> I, you don't, you don't have to have it. But, like, you know, here's the thing. Like, whenever I move, I look at my move as, like, a new start. So I don't want to move and struggle. I like moving and struggling. Even when I even when I move like different places, like granted, I don't have a home now, but when I have like when I have my apartments, I want to make sure that I have all my TVs on the wall. I paint whatever wall I want to paint. Whatever I need to do, I want it all to be done because that's a space where you know I focus on cultivating a space where I can thrive. And I feel that if you are moving in an area of your life where you're struggling, can you do it? Yes, the fuck you can. Will you overcome it? Yes, you will. But if you can wait a couple of months, stack some fucking bread, and then move, your move will be like way better than that struggle moment. That's all that's all I that's how I see it. I agree with that. So anyways, good luck with your move. Please email us back. Um to info at Millennial Love for your Millennial Moments and for any updates, um, please continue to send y'all Millennial Moments, y'all. <laughs> We're going to be recording every week. We have a few in the bag, but we need more for sure. And we want to know all y'all's tea. Correct. I mean, just tell us the tea. Even the ones that I listen mean. to us and we don't know that y'all listen. Tell us the tea. Word of the day. Y'all ready for this? I got a whole list. I came prepared, okay? I got my 52 words on lock. And I should have uh, looked at the definition I'm of go all the damn them. words. I'm going to go no, delete it. Don't even waste your time, Misha. Word of the day <laughs> is... I'm unprepared. You ready? Word of the day is jejun. I'm about to go. <laughs> jejun is an adjective. It means naive... Simplistic and superficial. Justin, please what? use. Do not say my name. Jejun in a sentence. What does it mean again? Adjective. Naive, simplistic, and superficial. How do you spell it? J E J U N E. Jejun. Stop Googling the I'm word. Not, um, <laughs> naive, what? Simplistic and superficial. When I had my first sexual experience, I was jejun, or entering my... No. Did I say that wrong? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. It is what it is. I don't know what that word means. What? Naive, simplistic, and superficial. Oh, so these fellas out here are jejun if they think I'm not going to block... Them as soon as they upset me and do something stupid. Did you add a T? 
I think she did, actually. <laughs> she did. Um, let me figure out what I'm about to say. You know what? Let's um, I wasn't just, ready for yes. that, huh? You was not ready for that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hot. serious. I'm coming with Cara the Cara is 95 this degrees season. in this house, by the way. It's really not. You just are it hot is, nature. No, You're hot nature. Um, somebody's birthday is in June. <laughs> <laughs> 